You're listening to PGT Business and Motivation. I'm your host Daisy. And I'm your co-host Phil. And today we're going to be talking about the topic of people pleasing and more importantly how to stop being a people pleaser. I must admit you got me at a disadvantage here because I don't actually know what a people pleaser is. Really? So you're going to have to start with an explanation. Okay, well, a people pleaser is someone who has trouble saying no to people and someone who would sacrifice their own wants and needs in order to please others. So that would be like in a business where you're not saying no to some work you should probably say no to because it's it's more trouble than it's worth kind of thing. Exactly, or maybe you say yes to staying late every single night after work even though you know, you're know you on top of your work and you're just staying there to do extra work. It's not a need. Yeah. Or maybe in more of a social situation you're saying yes to going for coffee with a, a friend or going out clubbing when it's not really your thing or... You have a lot to do at home and you'd prefer to be at home doing things, but you just can't say no and you don't want to let that person down. I think that's a pretty common phenomenon and I think a lot of people maybe maybe are people pleasers in a sense because it's an internet meme almost with the, the phone call where they get their friend counselling the uh, like their night out or something and they go, oh no, that's, terribly, that's a terrible shame. And then as soon as they put the phone down, they go like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was a Vine, wasn't it? Was it a Vine? That was a Vine. Uh, I remember that. I liked it a lot. I shared (laughs) shared that to a lot of people. I think that hit the nail on the head for a lot of people who were in that mindset and and were agreeing to nights out that they didn't necessarily want to do. Exactly. So you've got some tips, effectively, for kind of weaning yourself off people-pleasing. Exactly, yeah. It's not... It's not about being, you know, just saying no and not doing anything. There's a bit of a difference between being good people and then sort of saying yes to things you really don't want to do. And it's striking the right balance. So something that I've found really good is to just start being more mindful. And if someone asks you to do something, so if we take the social situation, if someone asks you to go out, I find it really good just to say, I'll check my diary or I'll have a look at my calendar I'll text you later or text you when I get home. And then that gives you time to kind of like assess the situation, figure out if you do have the time to meet up with that friend or take on that extra project and then let them know. Because it means you're less on the spot then. Definitely, yeah. immediately agreeing to something. Which I think think maybe I have a bit of a problem with that because there have been a couple of projects that I've taken on where I've gone, wow, that's really exciting, that's interesting. I'd like to do something with you on this. But then I've realised in retrospect, in hindsight, that I just haven't had the time to, to pan that out and make it a thing and, and backburn of those projects because it's just not... Exactly, and that can really affect your own projects. You know, it's, it's, the it's very thing, the easy main to say yes to things, on. I think is a problem, isn't it? It's yeah. very easy to say yes and a lot and more difficult to say no. I have to point out that it is really good to, you know, take on lots of exciting work or get involved with things in the office or, or go out to events. It is really good. It's like I said before, striking the balance between doing the things that are going to like benefit yourself, your career, and sort of having that time to just focus on the things that are maybe a little bit more important yeah yeah i think Does that makes a, sense I'm yeah not sure from a business sense. perspective it's like having a product and that product's got 10 different customers and each of those 10 customers wants a different feature now if you give all of those 10 customers a feature you're going to have a product that does 10 different things poorly 
Whereas if you create a product that does the one thing you really want it to do super well, then you're going to find hundreds of customers who want it just for that one thing that's done really well. Whereas if you're people-pleasing, if you're making a product that tries to please all your immediate customers and doesn't really do anything especially well, you're going to end up with bad product rather than the, the one effective that's very good true, thing. That's yeah. And there's a lot of examples of that in, in business. And I, I struggled to pull some off the top of my head, but uh, I suppose in a sense Apple are a really canonical example of this because mm. they they have their phone that does one thing well, they have their watch that does one thing well, they have their laptops that are pretty kind of governed. Apple kind of set the bar and the rules for what their products do. Yeah. And if you don't want your, the product to do that, you go somewhere else. Mm. So they're, they're not they're not a really customer pleasing company. They're a company that dictates and a company that sells. That's very true. Yeah, I didn't think about it like that. So that's kind of a very high level version of people yeah. pleasing whereby you're a company that either either you can try and do everything your customers ask you to do or you can do one thing or do it well and then that one thing could be very successful. That's very true. That's like in the blogging world. If I think of um blogs that I really like, it's like I'll go to one blog to find out about the best travel tips, I'll go to another blog for maybe lifestyle content and another one to find out like the best beauty products for dry skin. So each of those people are doing their thing well but they're not trying to please everyone and cover every single topic. This, this is something that YouTube creators have a, a problem with as well, although quite often they find by taking the people-pleasing mindset and creating the content that their audience want, that content does quite well, but then they very quickly realise that the stuff they want they to become produce... become a bit jaded. Well, this is something PewDiePie was talking about recently, wasn't it? His, mm. his audience demanded content that he was bored of. He didn't want to produce it anymore. And that kind of put him at odds with his audience in a sense. Whereas previously he was being a people pleaser and he was going through the motions of doing the same thing yeah. over and over again and there's this drudgery rather than actually doing what he wanted to do. Exactly. And he said when he finally did turn around and do what he wanted to do, he was still successful. There wasn't much drop-off and people liked his videos. So. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, it is really important to do what you enjoy in, in terms of like YouTube and blogging. It's good to keep in mind what people want but ultimately what they want is for you to enjoy the content you're creating, to be passionate about it. So if you're just creating the same old content you've always done, you're going to soon become quite bored and jaded with it. <laughs> this is like musicians, isn't it, where you have a band that you really like and then suddenly yeah. they decide they're going to do something totally different. Taking it back to the um, like back to the office, one of the things that really stood out to me when I was thinking about the topic of people-pleasing was when I first started in my career. And I was always of the mindset that you should get involved with everything you know, to build your career, to climb the ladder. And um, I think you can just end up bending over backwards for everyone and people actually don't value you for that. They will use you. So, for example, in one of my jobs, I ended up going on lots of Starbucks runs because they'd say, oh, we need someone to do an important job. And I was always the first, but I'll do it. And then they were like, oh, bring some paper. And I took down a list of drinks they wanted from Starbucks. <laughs> and I had... I had wor- progress in that way. Where we got this really important job. That was bring honestly, some paper, that's you're going to need to write this down. That was verbatim. Uh, I would have a latte, <laughs> extra large. Honestly, that I'm not awful. even joking. That is awful. Yeah. And that happened multiple times and probably multiple jobs as well. So after a couple of jobs, I stopped doing it and I let someone else 
be the keen person to get involved. And none, of, and it didn't benefit my career, obviously, I in any way. I think that's as much naivety as it is being a people pleaser. Because when you first start up in work, you're really keen to kind of impress. You're really keen to please people. You're really keen to bend over backwards and, and be that person. But they're always Especially in this when you're not being paid for it. <laughs> they're always, yeah, quite. They're always in this mindset they've got to put in all this extra time and effort. And it's very, very rarely rewarded. And I, I think... I don't know, it's difficult for a, a new starter in a company to to kind of... It's not until you kind of go out of your 20s and you get into your 30s and your 40s that you realise, you look back at yourself and go, sheesh, I was naive back then. I was doing all True. this stuff that I really didn't need to do. I could have just forged my own path and, and kind of been happier. And I think, yeah, stuff can grind you down if you let kind of your a desire to please other people and your desire to put in that extra effort kind of uh, control you one of the things i think and obviously in some cases it is true but i always thought oh you know the managers are obviously they've worked in the workplace longer they know a lot more but you soon realize that yeah there are people who are really skilled at being managers and they do a fantastic job but the majority of them have just fallen into those positions through being at a workplace for ages it's not quite often how people become managers anyway isn't it not many people in kind of small to medium-sized companies are actual hired to do management managers Mm. they're always someone who's uh i'm not ragging on managers by the way (coughs) yeah i just i just meant like you don't have to bend over backwards to go above and beyond like yes it's good to work hard and i still stand by that um i'm someone who thinks internships are good um but that doesn't mean that you need to stay till nine o'clock at night when you're on like 13 grand and living in London. <laughs> There's something to be said for people who have boundaries because people in the workplace and in life seem to respect them more. But if you're just the person who'll say, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that. They think, well, you haven't got a life outside of work. You're not bothered to go home. That's what yeah, I, that's true. honestly that's what true. I think. I mean, I, I put in extra effort work from, from home and stuff simply because it fits the way that I work because mm. I, I mix various different things that I do in and they're all interrelated and it's all this, this kind of big tangled web of my hobbies and my job. And obviously we serve customers abroad as well. So the ability to delve in to support channels and forums out of hours is incredibly useful. Yeah. And I, you always get this work-life balance discussion. It's very subjective though, I think. But yeah, I think you can mix work and life you just have to know when to stop and when to relax and when to do something else and sometimes sometimes it's just that you're simply not motivated to do anything on a particular day or a particular time and you'll go and do something else instead but we're lucky that we have that kind of flexible job jobs to be able to do that and obviously we both enjoy we're happy to work in the evening whereas some people if you're in a couple you might have one person who loves working in the evening and someone who's really against it. Because I know people who work at the co-working space and they'll go home and they don't want to go on their laptop again. Yeah, that's Um, quite good that they work in a co-working space then because that allows them to compartmentalise those two things and to keep them separate, which, again, yeah, is important for some people. Yeah, and and like I said, it's subjective. And I think that's a whole other podcast topic, really. Yeah, Uh, The sort of work-life balance. Um, I mean, we can share our opinions on it. But ultimately, yeah. you have to do what works for you and your lifestyle. Quite. I mean, if you've got a hobby that's wildly different to your work, then you're going to have a very fine line between those two things. And maybe with a bit of a, a marathoning Netflix. 
Exactly. Um, we've got wildly off topic. I think I've said exactly way too many times in this <laughs> podcast. Hey, you can say exactly as many times as you like. <laughs> Uh, so where where were we? I was going to say there's this quote uh, that was on the back of it was a like a little magazine and the magazine was like a 3D magazine and I had to wear red green glasses. Was to this view when you were a child? Or yeah, like yeah last it wasn't week? Re- it wasn't recently. 3D glasses were a thing forever ago. I don't think they're really very in anymore. Yeah. So the quote was: "You can please all of the people some of the time, or some of the people all of the time, but you can't please all of the people all of the time." And while this quote isn't kind of a one-to-one mapping with the real world, because you, you can't really please all of the people some of the time, it's um, a good kind of take-home because for every one person you please, you're probably trading off the kind of demands of another. So it becomes uh, difficult. And in, in some cases, that other is you. So if you're trying to please someone else, and you're trading off your own kind of sanity and your own peace of mind, then... It's just... It's not worth it in the long run and it's soon going to tire you out. Yeah, that's definitely the case with... Uh, I like uh, that quote a lot. I haven't heard that before. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting quote because it's a very long one. So I think that, <laughs> that means it doesn't get quoted often. Yeah. And it's very easy <laughs> it's, to mess up as well. I was going to say, it's not an easy one to remember off the top of your head. I think how we should round this podcast off is by saying that you should all stop sacrificing your own needs for other people. Um, start putting yourself first. Be a decent person. You know. I mean, yeah, it's not. You don't stop volunteering for a homeless shelter or a soup kitchen. If that's something you do, then that's a perfectly great charitable thing to do. Exactly. So don't put yourself at a disadvantage to kind of please people who don't necessarily need it. Exactly, and it's all about the importance of learning to say no. Yeah, really. exactly. Um, because. You know, as great as it is to say yes and get involved with lots of things, it's also equally great to say no. And I think if you learn to say no in your personal and private life, then you probably carry that skill over yeah. to business as well. So you'll learn to say no to, to clients, to customers, to other businesses that you're interacting with. And that can always be a very powerful thing as well. Yeah. And if you're a freelance or a blogger and you're working with a client who isn't very nice um, or maybe doesn't pay you on time, then it's perfectly fine to let that client go. I mean, maybe find someone to replace them <laughs> with first um, or if you can afford to let them go. But you don't have to say yes to agreeing to the next project with them. If they, if it's stressing you out and bringing you down, then you don't need that in your life. Do you remember the film Office Space? Vaguely, yeah. There's, a, there's this meme in Office Space where this uh, boss guy comes up and says, so I'm going to need you to stay in on Saturday because I've got this TPS report that needs finished. And it's just that that whole film is is very much like the the cinematic version of what we're talking about, where the guy was a people pleaser, he was staying in late, he was doing this extra work, and then one day he just goes, ah, I decided not to go into work. And then that becomes a turning point in his life where he decides not to go into work and he becomes super happy because he's not going into work and being so assertive and stuff. His bosses start taking him super seriously and wondering what's going on. Oh, that's what I was again. going to say. I was going to say being self-aware is really important. Yeah. So if you know in the office what you do, you know what your personal goals are to reach the next step in the career ladder, then stay true to that and don't yeah. sort of just jump and say yes to any old job because you've got your job to do that you do every day and often you don't have the time to do extra work 
So you don't have to take on stuff that other people have thrown at you. Well, there's the old adage, jack of all trades, master of none, isn't there? Where if you're taking on too many different disparate things, you're, you're never going to get properly good at one particular thing. Uh, yeah, that's very true. Also, I've just remembered something. And if you find yourself going to make a cup of tea and everyone nags you to do a round of tea for the table, then firstly, everyone hasn't got enough to do because they're keeping an eye on what you're doing. And secondly, <laughs> going up and making a round of tea, you shouldn't really have the time to do that. And I think it's that's something that gets noticed by people higher up the chain if you're always going upstairs and making a tray of 10 teas then they're aware that you're doing that and that's not always a good thing so just take your cup make yourself a cup of tea you know maybe once in a while make a tray for everyone but that's a that's a very controversial thing in in britain isn't it tea is a ritual almost yeah but i do totally agree that if you can get away with just going and making yourself a drink and to heck with everyone else then I, I do that often and i will turn down offers of tea and coffee from other people because i'm kind of in my zone and i want to still be able to get up and go and get myself tea or coffee as a bit of a way to take a break but i don't want to go and do it for everyone else mainly because i can't remember what their orders are by the time i get to <laughs> that's another thing isn't it <laughs> i'm gonna get my paper write it down we had for a for a short time a chart that actually had everyone's tea and coffee preferences but then we got too many staff and it's just unmaintainable <laughs> so did you have any other insightful tips for uh, shedding yourself of people pleasing no i think we covered everything i think being self-aware of what you want from life telling people that you'll let them know when you get home or you'll get back to them and let them know if you have free time and learning to say no i guess that's it yeah learning to say no because it's a very powerful word, <laughs> but one that doesn't come easily. Yeah, this is true. So, are we finished? I think we are. I think that's that's us done for today. I you're supposed to say no. Uh, <laughs> no, I've got lots more to say. Yeah. You can find me over on Twitter and Instagram at Pretty Green Tea. Where can they find you, Phil? At Gadgetoid on Twitter. And if you want to check out my blog, it's prettygreentea.com. And I'm gadgetoid.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Waved again. <laughs> Good, I can't stop it. <laughs> <laughs>